Today, you're going to leave our time together, this service, with incredible insights of how to live a better life and how to recognize bad advice and to recognize and embrace good advice. Some of you may even say right now, I'm living actually, the way I'm living looks like I'm living and following bad advice. Some of you would admit that, wouldn't you? I've admitted that at times, like, why did I take that advice? But nobody wakes up in the morning and goes, hey, I really want to mess up my life today. Very few of us do that. I mean, it's kind of like when you, when you, when you think um, about smoking. If all of a sudden you take a smoke, you don't go like this and say, hey, I, I, I hope that um, uh, I smoke so that I get addicted to smoking, get lung cancer, and as a result of getting lung cancer, can't function with my family the way I'd like to, or for that matter, even grow old enough to have my grandkids. Another area is we probably don't wake up in the morning and go, hey, I want to be a sex addict. Uh, and, and lose a marriage. And as a result of losing a marriage, um, have a whole lot of disrespect from people that I love and that I care for. Or how about a casual bet? We don't wake up and go, that casual bet will lead into having debt. And as a result of the debt, uh, I wonder if guys are going to come with clubs and thump on me and beat on me because I owe them money, or maybe even I start carrying a club because I got to beat somebody else because I need money and I need their money. What's interesting is nobody wants to become an addict, but it happens. How does it happen? Well, there's a passage of scripture found in 1 Corinthians that says this. It says, I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. In other words, I can do whatever I want to do, but is it the best thing? And if I actually do something, will it eventually come and master me? What does mastered by anything. What does that mean to be mastered? It means to be controlled by. It means to be enslaved. It means to be brought under the power of something or someone. Let me ask you this question. What are you mastered by? I mean, let, let's just really get into it right now. Is there something that is mastering you right now that has control over you? And even in asking that question, maybe you haven't thought of it to this degree that we're going to think of it today. How about eating? You shouldn't eat something. You know you shouldn't eat something. And then you can't believe that you ate something. How about overspending? You know that you're not following a budget, that right now you're living beyond your means, but you see that sale and you buy that and a little bit more understanding that you were hooked into buying that anyway, and it really wasn't a deal. Uh, this primarily applies maybe to guys, 
but probably to women also in situations. You shouldn't look. You know you shouldn't look. You can't believe that you looked. And then because you looked, you looked again. What masters you? Is it caffeine? There are people that literally, uh, if they try to get off of their fix of caffeine, they literally have headaches and it's like withdrawal. How about smoking? I already alluded to that, but smoking, I've been asked this question, well, if I smoke, if that's my vice, am am I going to go to hell? No, you're probably not going to go to hell. I, I, I don't know, but you may smell like you've already been to hell. Or maybe even um, you may get to heaven or hell a little bit sooner because you smoke. I asked the question about smoking, but maybe what I should be asking is, what about vaping? There's people that are literally addicted to vaping. Let's, let's just be honest. Could it be in the day and age in which we live today that you're addicted to social media? I mean, it's staggering. When you go out to a restaurant, you see a family, there's no conversation going because the mom, the dad, the kids, everybody's on their electronic device. And gambling, in in the state of Michigan, it's now legal to have sports betting. Yes, during a pandemic, when some people are making less money, they're apt to go and want to be on their electronic devices, and now they can gamble. Uh, is, is that something that you struggle with? Be honest. What has or is mastering you, and why is that? Because addiction is often a symptom of a real problem, and believe it or not, in the Bible, it's called idolatry where we're putting something in the place where God should be. It becomes our God. Last week, Shay did an excellent job of talking about that we're a great parent, we're a great great employee, and a part-time follower of Jesus. In the case of an addiction, the addiction takes the place of the of the space where God wants to breathe, where God wants to abound, where God wants to thrive, where God wants to live. And it can happen so subtly. Uh, Let me go to uh, a couple verses back in the book of Isaiah. And it says, he cut down cedars, or perhaps he took a cypress or oak, he let it grow among the trees of the forest, planted a pine, and the rain made it grow. It was used as fuel for burning. Look it, this is really good here. Some of it he takes and warms himself. So he created a fire. He kindles a fire and bakes. So in other words, the wood is now producing warmth. It's helping produce food. But he also fashions a god and worships it. He makes an idol and bows down to it and then says, save me, you are my God. So many things that I just listed, they're good, but the good did not become something great. The good took the place 
of God. The good became the God. And then we say we need it. We want it. Our, our, our addictions become something only God can provide. Only God brings a peace that passes all understanding. It is only God who can fill that void that we seek when we get addicted to something. It's not the drink. It's not the hit. It's not the escape. It's not the supersize it. it in fact, we begin to believe a lie because we begin to believe the father of lies, who is in fact Satan, who wants us to believe something, uh, to get involved in something, to uh, um, worship something that was not intended to be worshiped or clung to in that way. See, there's the father of lies who is pulling us away from the father of life, the father of love, the father of direction, light. The father, the, the father of light and love and life want, wants to offer us hope and passion and purpose and joy and to be blessed beyond comprehension. But for some reason, we think that that may not be enough. And so we get addicted to the very thing that was good. But it takes us away from God, just like I showed in that story there, in that example there. So let me give you some really bad advice. And if, if let, me, let me give you some advice that if you are addicted to something, you can continue to stay addicted to it. And if you're not addicted, this is a great way to become an addict. The first way is this, don't ever admit you have a problem. Deny, deny, deny. Refuse to think about it, think about it, think about it. In fact, don't even pay attention to Jeremiah 3.13, where it says this, only acknowledge your guilt, admit that you rebelled against the Lord your God and committed adultery against him, by worshiping idols. There, there it is again. That, that, that idol name again is right there. Under every green tree, confess that you refuse to listen to my voice. I, the Lord, have spoken. In other words, don't listen to God. Listen to those other voices. Uh, listen to those other uh, people that are telling you, you can quit anytime. Listen to that voice in your own head where you go, I can quit anytime. Shut out all of those people who have your best interests in mind. In fact, have the audacity to sell some, tell some of those people that are breathing into you because they want life in you, tell them to shut up and don't ever bring it up again. Continue to make excuses. You're the victim. Continue to believe that you're powerless and that you can't change. Continue to believe and make this excuse, but it's a lie from the father of lies that it's no big deal because it's not harming anyone. If you want to foster your addiction, if you want to establish an addiction, then just never admit, never admit that you have a problem or you could slip down that slope. Number two, number two, gratify your fleshly desires. It says in Galatians, 
So I say, walk by the Spirit, notice Spirit, big S, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, which is small s, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. In other words, have access to whatever, ever makes you slip and slide. Have access to your weakness. So if you have a propensity to um, move towards pornography, don't put a block on your phone. Don't put a block on your computer. You just continue to feed that. If it's drugs, let me tell you, hang around the friends that can get you the drugs the quickest way possible. And if you have an issue with junk food and eating too much, make sure that you are always aware of when there's combo specials, when there's Twinkie specials, and when there's two for one for ice cream, let me tell you, you be there and you even pay somebody else to buy another two so you can have everything you want. Number three. Number three, if, if you want to get into an addiction, keep your addiction a total secret. Look what it says in Proverbs 28. Whoever conceals their sin does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Don't ever, ever, ever do it. Hide your sin. Hide your propensity of slipping down the slippery slope absolutely hide that temptation that you have that comes from the father of lies. Hide it so that you can relinquish being blessed, being purposeful, prospering, and in fact, living abundantly. Absolutely keep this in the dark because sin absolutely grows and thrives in the dark. Do it alone, do it in isolation. Do not let the people who love you, believe in you, breathe words of life into you. Don't let them encourage you. Don't let them pray for you. Don't let them hold you accountable. Don't let them lift you up. Don't let them speak words of life into you. No, keep it in the dark, hide it, and live that life. If, man, if, if you want to, have an addiction, keep an addiction, fall into an addiction. Never admit that you have a problem. Gratify what comes from the inside and, and, and keep everything secret. Number four, do this. Depend on your own power, not God's power. In other words, willpower. Do it. All right, just like last week when Shay spoke, enough of the sarcasm. But hopefully it brings across the point that people give us bad advice and we listen to voices that are not the healthiest. Look what it says in 2 Corinthians. For though we live in the world, we live in the world, we live in culture, we live in society, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world and of culture. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every 
pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive, every thought, to make it obedient to Jesus Christ. You and I, those of us who know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we have power that is not available to people who don't know Jesus. And we don't fight the onslaught of evil or the voices that we don't want to hear in the same way as those who don't know Jesus Christ. It says that we can literally demolish strongholds. Let's go back and let me reference that verse just a little bit. It says that we have power. That word literally comes from a word that means dynamite. I remember years ago that I was skiing with a bunch of students out in Colorado, and we would always be the first ones on the lift. We were always the first ones to go up and get the fresh snow. And we would hear off in the distance just these and the first time I was out there, I was wondering what was going on, and then I learned that there are actually teams of ski patrol that go and cause avalanches. And the reason is, is they want to place the snow where that snow that could become an avalanche is not going to be a precarious situation for anybody who's skiing. And there were sometimes that we were close enough where you could literally feel the mountain shaking. That's the power we have supernaturally through Jesus Christ to blast any stronghold that may be among us. Now, that word stronghold is a word that I used to skip over all the time when I was reading the Bible and didn't understand the significance of it. What is a stronghold? A stronghold is something that is encapsulating us. It, it's almost like an emotional, spiritual, psychological um, straitjacket. It's like that we can't move because a stronghold is literally where it's a prisoner locked in something by deception. And in the case of this, it comes from the father of lies, not the father of life, of, of love, and of light. It doesn't. It comes from the father of lies. And the father of lies wants you to believe that you can't change that you're always going to be encapsulated by this. It doesn't have to work that way at all. When we start to understand the power that we have, the dynamite that we have, that, that addiction, that tendency of going down the slippery slope, all we have to do is not believe the father of lies, but to believe the father of life and of direction light and admit that we can't handle whatever we're facing alone. We admit that we have a problem. We, it, we, we admit that we're not as strong as we thought we were, but we know that when we are weak, He, the Father of light and love and life, He's strong. 
We don't believe the father of lies that says, go ahead and satisfy whatever you want to satisfy. No. We put to death everything because of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ and what he accomplished on the cross and what he accomplished by rising from the dead that we're more than conquerors and we do not have to subject ourselves to activities, behaviors, or respond in a way that is detrimental to becoming everything that God wants us to become. We, we acknowledge that we don't have to keep everything a secret because if we, he or she who tries to conceal a sin will never prosper, but the one who humbly comes before God will find mercy. And 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And when we think that we can do it on our own and we can do it on our own power, that's a lie because I can't, you can't, and we need the power that dynamite comes from the power of the resurrection that our God, in fact, rose from the dead. We have power. You don't have to be a hostage. You don't have to be a prisoner. You don't have to cave into the addiction. We have the armor of God. I'm not going to go through all of this, but for those of you who are taking notes, Ephesians 5.10, just go to Ephesians 5.10 and read the armor of God, the protection we have for our head, the, the, the protection we have for our midsection, the protection we have for our chest, the protection that we have for our feet, the protection we have for our entire body. Why is that? Because 1 John 4, 4, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We can't fight our propensity to get involved in something at the very core we don't want to be involved in. We can't fight that on our own. We're weak. We're vulnerable. Some of you may say, okay, you've given these examples. And by the way, I haven't exhausted all of the examples that there might be that maybe in an addiction and the power of God and the Holy Spirit speaking to you right now will make that very, very clear. Have I struggled? One of the reasons that I decided to wear what I'm wearing today is just because it's physical fitness. It's, it, it, it's one of the jackets I wear when I run because I struggle all the time with eating. If I, if, if I didn't depend upon the power of God, I could be like the new SeaWorld Shamu blimp. I, I have to be aware that on my own, I can't do it. I have to put checks and balances in. I have to depend upon God himself to help me. That It could be a giant in my life. I mean, like a big giant in my life. It could be something that could topple me rather than me toppling the giant. I, I think of a story that some of you may be familiar with. It's about a shepherd boy by the name of David and a really tall guy by the name of Goliath. And Goliath was over nine feet tall. And so you've got this little shepherd boy, you've got this giant, and this giant is absolutely tormenting the people of God 
and the people or God are standing there in fear. And, and they're saying, we're not going to be able to go against this giant. We're not going to be able to go against uh, this guy who is literally hurling insults at our God. And this little shepherd boy is basically coming up and saying, wait a second. You're all looking at the giant. We should be looking at God. He looks at the giant. Then he looks to God. He goes, wait a second. God gave me the ability and the strength when I was protecting sheep to literally kill lions and bears that were coming after the sheep. Who is this giant? And everybody was looking at it and going, you know what? This, this, this giant is too big to defeat. Here's a perspective that I stole from somebody else, okay? Can't tell you it's original, but I never thought of it this way. David was saying, it's too big to miss. I'm going to hit that guy. What's mastered you for years? What's mastering you right now? And whatever it is, will you name it? Will you name it right now? Maybe it's drugs. Maybe it's prescription drugs. Maybe it's recreational drugs that has gotten a hold of you. And ask yourself the question, what do those drugs, what do those painkillers have? What do they offer me that Christ doesn't offer? Alcohol. Ask yourself the question, what does alcohol offer me, give to me that Christ can't give to me? Materialism. People today are so into their things so in debt, ask yourself the question, what is it that you're seeking there that Christ can't fill? David, this little shepherd boy with a sling and a stone, toppled a giant. Read about it. Read about it in the Bible. It's powerful. Basically, David went like this, and he said, giant, you're coming down. You're not going to go against the, 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 the God of the heaven's armies, you're not going to be despairing against the God that I know. Right now, name whatever it is and just say this. Right now, as you're sitting where you're at right now, even if, if you don't feel comfortable saying it out loud, but if you do say it, if you do feel comfortable saying it out loud, say it right now. Those lustful thoughts, they're going to be coming down. That idea that I can seek someone else uh, and break my marriage covenant, that is coming down. The idea that I've been enslaved to materialism and things, that is coming down. The, the idea that I think less of myself and I'm not worthy, that is coming down. Those giants are coming down. I'm not going to listen to the voice that destroys me. I'm going to listen to the voice that wants to have me prosper and live abundantly. And it starts with this, admitting before God that you have a problem. Admitting before God that you're not going where you want to go. Now, I wish it was as easy to say, you say that, you, you pray that, 
and it's all over. It, it, it may not be that easy. Some of you may need to go to rehab and you need to take that step today. Some of you, you, you may need to go to counseling. Some of you may need to take that step and get into an accountability group because you know you fought alcoholism for years and you're seeing that you can't do it on your own. Some of you need to join a group that can hold you accountable. Some of you are in a group and you need to be honest with that group. Some of you will not be able to um, handle your eating desire on your own and you need to go to Weight Watchers. You'll need to put blocks on your phone. I have blocks on my phone. Earlier when I said, are there things that I struggle with? If I didn't have some of those checks and balances on my phone, I know that I would go and look at things that aren't healthy. I have a group of guys that literally at any time can come and ask me, have you seen anything this week? Have you looked at anything this week that would be inappropriate and you'd be embarrassed to tell your wife? Does that take transparency to do that? You better believe it does. But it brings freedom. Look what it says in Galatians. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. In fact, would you say that out loud? Free. What's that word? Right here. Freedom free. Stand firm then. Stand firm. Don't slouch down. Don't think that you can't handle this. Stand firm in Christ then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Absolutely not. We have the power of Christ to absolutely move forward and not stay where we're at. Just last week, just last weekend, at our services out in the lobby, I, I went up to a girl, went up to a lady, went up to a mom, went up to a wife, all of those combined. And I just said, Leslie, it is so good to see you. She realized that she couldn't uh, deal with her weight problem on her own. And she went and got help. She's lost over 90 pounds. She looks so much healthier. There's a different smile on her face. There's a different bounce in her step. She's no longer a slave to her food. She has a new perspective on Christ. A couple of weeks ago, I was at the men's breakfast and I didn't have any responsibilities and I was just listening. And I heard about men share from their gut, from their core, from their heart. And one guy in particular that he's not chasing things and addicted to things that he used to be addicted to. And now his marriage is so much healthier. Uh, let me tell you what I try to do and I'm trying to do right now. And whenever I, if I see my weight starting to tick up again, I stay away from the seas during the week. Maybe this will help you. I stay away from cookies, cake, candy, chips, which means fries, regular pop, and believe it or not, cheese. 
I find that if I keep that check in balance, that helps me. And I found that out from talking to a doctor and talking to some other people who hold me accountable. What is the step that you need to take today to become healthier spiritually, emotionally, physically, and to become all that God wants you to become.